Our gospel lesson for this morning begins in Luke chapter 3. But it's perhaps important to take note of the fact that we have covered a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Two weeks ago, Jesus was a babe in a manger. In just two weeks' time, in the church calendar, Jesus has been blessed by Simeon and Anna, escaped Herod and journeyed to Egypt as a refugee, returned to his hometown of Nazareth, grown up with Mary and Joseph, studied in the temple among the scribes, and now, this morning, he has gone to visit his cousin, John the Baptist, in the wilderness. A lot has happened since the time that Mary's water broke and brought forth new life, and the water divides this morning and brings forth new life again. So listen for the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 3. As the people, the crowds, were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John the Baptist answered all of them, saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the throng of his sandals, and he will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven opened. And the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. In you I am well pleased. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit heavenly dove, with all thy quickening powers. Come shed abroad a Savior's love that it may kindle ours, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's January 9th, but Happy New Year, I think. Whether it feels happy or not, new or not, the flipping of the calendar is the signal that we begin afresh, anew. Whether you've marked the beginning of a new year with resolution or resignation, with hopeful anticipation or with hovering anxiety, we do in fact treat this time of year as a chance to set our course to ask ourselves, what does it look like to begin again? What might God be calling us to in this new year? In this new year and new beginning, I imagine that many of you, like I, have been uh, putting away Christmas decorations and putting aside the gluttonous habits that defined the holidays in the hopes of starting afresh. And yet, this year, we sit in this kind of strange tension because there is a sense that as much as we desire to step forward, we're being asked to take a step back. We want to dive into new possibilities and take on new goals, but it feels as if we're being forced back again 
into the wilderness of social distancing and digital learning and quarantines galore as we face a new variant, a new test of our immunity and our humanity. So what does it look like to begin? Where might the Holy Spirit be calling us in this new year? Perhaps it's fitting that we find ourselves on the banks of the Jordan at a time of beginning for Jesus. A crowd had gathered, Scripture says, with hopeful expectation for where God might be calling them. They had heard that John the Baptist offered a fresh start in a baptized life as a result of repentance. And so a bunch of sinners gathered by the river to be washed clean. And Jesus stood among them. It's curious, right? Why would Jesus come to the Jordan that day? If Jesus is the Son of God and without sin, then why did Jesus need to be baptized? In the 30 years that we've covered in just two weeks, he had been preparing his heart and his mind and his spirit to proclaim the coming of God's kingdom, and the time had come for him to begin. And that's a daunting task, to proclaim the kingdom of God. So I wonder if in this moment of beginning, Jesus humbly yearns for what we all yearn for. When we're stepping into something new, we need to remember who we are and more importantly, where we belong. Brene Brown writes that spaces of true belonging are as dangerous as they are breathtaking as sought after as they are feared, and it turns out it just might be the bravest and the most sacred space you will ever stand. So I wonder if Jesus came not to change himself, but to claim his true self before God and all of those people gathered at the river that day. And in order to do that, he had to remember. For those of you who are fans of Frozen 2, a movie watched often at my house, you'll remember that Olaf, the the magical snowman, declares that water has memory. Perhaps Olaf is right, because on that day Jesus didn't go to just any old river. He went to the Jordan, because the Jordan is a place to remember. Israel had been here before. Preacher and theologian Sam Wells writes that the Jordan, the Jordan is where Joshua brought the children of Israel into the promised land. The Jordan is where Israel left the misery of slavery and the wilderness of doubt and sin and entered the glorious liberty of the children of God. The Jordan was the place where Israel itself had been baptized about 1,500 years before John the Baptist was ever born. So Jesus wasn't there for a cleansing of sin. Jesus was there because these are the waters through which God claims and calls Israel. And if Jesus is to embrace his identity as Israel's Messiah, then these are the waters by which God must claim and call him. By stepping into the water, Jesus stands in solidarity with Israel and with all of us. So while this particular water isn't any more holy than anything that comes out of your faucet, Jesus showed up at the Jordan, not just because John the Baptist was there, but because it's a place to remember, to claim continuity with Israel over time. 
Jesus' baptism affirms his identity as God's chosen one. And so, according to Luke, as we heard this morning, Jesus is baptized, and as he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, you, you are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is one of those moments in Scripture where we find out who Jesus truly is. It's no mistake that the spirit that hovered over the waters of creation hovers here because Jesus is God's new creation. It's no mistake that the spirit of God that came to Noah after the flood and when God promised not to destroy the world again, that that same dove shows up here for Jesus is the source of God's restoration. It's no mistake that a voice from heaven spoke God's delight as it did when God created humanity and called it very good. For Jesus is God's celebration. Coming up out of the waters, Jesus' identity for himself and for all of us, that crowd gathered is secure. Jesus is God's son, God's beloved, God's delight. This is where Jesus begins. And it is a story about Jesus, but it's also a story about us, too. We're those folk in the crowd trying to figure out what's next for us. And so if this is a story about how Jesus begins, then what does Jesus' baptism teach us about how we might begin again? Even this year, even now, even in the midst of everything that the world is throwing our way. Theologian David Gambrell says that Jesus shared our baptism in order that we might share his baptism. When Jesus waded into the waters, all of the spiritual blessings of his baptism now spill over into ours. We receive that same anointing of the Holy Spirit. We hear that same voice claiming us as God's beloved children. So when we hear the story of Jesus' baptism, we hear the promise for all of us. You, Nancy. You, Sarah. You, Joe. You, Lloyd. You, Carolyn. You are God's beloved. In you, God is well pleased. We come to the waters because when we begin, we have to remember who we are. We're God's beloved because Jesus is God's beloved. We're called to the work of restoration because Jesus is called to the work of restoration. We are God's delight because Jesus is God's delight. In the waters, Jesus confirms his identity and we confirm ours as God's beloved. We remember who he is and who we are as a result. This is where we begin. But Luke's account of Jesus' baptism has this one little sneaky, important, curious twist. John the Baptist, as you remember, declares to the crowd gathered on the banks that day, I baptize with water, but the one who is more powerful than I is coming, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Have you ever noticed that even though Jesus begins his ministry with his own baptism in the Jordan, 
And even though he charges the disciples at the resurrection to go and baptize others, making disciples, the Gospels never recount Jesus baptizing anyone with water. We are baptized like Jesus, but the sneaky question in today's gospel is what does it mean to be baptized by Jesus? To be baptized like Jesus means that we begin from a place of inherent worth and belovedness. To be baptized by Jesus is to be called forth from the waters willing to be led by the Holy Spirit. And suddenly this baptism that feels all warm and fuzzy grows some teeth because the Holy Spirit, I don't know if you've noticed, but the Holy Spirit is not to be trifled with. She has a way of going rogue. The first thing the Holy Spirit does after Jesus is baptized is lead him into the wilderness, into temptation. Before any of his public ministry, before he teaches or heals or feeds 5,000, he begins in this season of discernment that is rife with trial by the devil himself. Jesus' call requires that he begin by navigating the wilderness, that he begin by acknowledging that proclaiming the kingdom of God is not going to be easy. And yet, grounded in that baptismal identity in who he is and whose he is, Jesus faces every one of those trials with courage. The root of that word courage, core, means from the heart, and Jesus' ministry from here on out begins and is led from the heart. So too, we not only need to be baptized like Jesus, to remember who and whose we are, as we begin this new year, we need to be baptized by Jesus to begin again in a season of discernment by following the Holy Spirit. As daunting as that sounds, there's a piece of me this week that has decided that that feels pretty fitting for where we are right now. It feels as if we have been led again into the wilderness. And just like Jesus was tempted, we're tempted daily to blame someone for the pandemic predicament we're in or to hoard at-home tests the way we hoarded toilet paper in March of 2020 or to simply throw up our hands in defeat. In the wilderness, we're tempted with what the devil tempted Jesus with, illusions of power, political power, technological power, scientific power, this belief that we can get ourselves out of this mess, that some source other than the gracious mercy of God itself is going to save us. To be baptized by Jesus means that we begin again where Jesus begins, in the wilderness, on purpose. We're being called again to a season of refining and clarifying and facing trials so that we are forced to remember who we are and what matters and then to set forth with courage to be led from the heart. I will be honest with you that in my own personal experience of the last two weeks, it's been kind of a difficult time. I have swabbed my nose more times than I care to count. And where we once have this sense of community consensus about what the right thing to do was during this pandemic, 
It doesn't feel like now there is any right way or safe way. There's no way forward that doesn't have some cost to our health or our mental health, to our relationships or to our spirits. I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of weeks wrestling with what it means for us to be a community right now, this time in this version of the wilderness as we begin this year. But what I have heard in the time of prayer I've had in the silence of this sanctuary with the centering prayer group in the voice of the Spirit that moves through the conversations that we can have with one another is that this is a time to lean into God's grace once again. To be baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with fire means that we have discerned on the one hand to, temporary de- to temporarily delay some ministries, especially for our children, some of those who can't be vaccinated. And at the same time, we as a community are going to venture forth into new ministries to take on a family, a refugee family to resettle, to begin the work of the Matthew 25 initiative, to start to have tough conversations around poverty and race, to take some risks. And I'll tell you right now, we're going to get it wrong sometimes. We're going to make mistakes. We're not all going to agree. But to be baptized by Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with fire means that we're going to be refined and reformed and reshaped by God's grace and by the grace that we extend to ourselves and to one another and to the world around us. To begin at the water does not spare us from temptation or trial or challenge or difficulty. Baptism enables us to remember who we are when the going might get rough. When Israel was exiled and experiencing a wilderness of every kind, they still knew that they belonged to God, and God reminded them through the voice of the prophet Isaiah. You heard it this morning. When you pass through the waters... I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you will not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. Why? Because you are precious in my sight and honored, and I love you. Resting on that promise we're able to be led into the wilderness together. In just a moment, we're going to ordain a new class of elders and deacons. They've been called by God and by the voice and vote of you to lead from their baptism. They've been baptized like Christ, called to remember that they are in fact beloved. But they've also been baptized by Christ, which is to say that they are called to lead us and to follow the Holy Spirit with courage, to lead from the heart. And there is no promise that this road will be easy. But God's promise is that if we are attentive listeners willing to be refined and reformed by God's grace, that the Holy Spirit will lead us through fire and water together. And through it, we are invited to do what Jesus was invited to do, to proclaim the kingdom of God. So let's begin.
In the name of the Creator and the Christ and the Holy Spirit. Amen.